Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to the fantasy football round table podcast we have survived thanksgiving and we've almost survived the entire week of games on thanksgiving weekend just one really wonderful game to go tonight the pittsburgh steelers and the indianapolis colts clashing and what's going to be a huge game that has huge play oh wait no neither of those teams are probably going to the playoffs well dennis how was thanksgiving how was your weekend no i had a pretty good weekend turkey was delicious you know my wife doesn't understand i'm not that big a fan of ham and she just keeps cooking ham because she seems to think I like it, but the boys eat it. So hey, I don't mind it the next day, you know, chopping it up, throwing it in some eggs and some hash browns, making some burritos. That's how I like my hair. But I, no, I had a fantastic weekend. Lots of football. Ohio State got their butts kicked. You know, we, we got to do some stuff there. You know, we, we let uh, our defense played poorly. Uh, I think as I mentioned it to somebody on Twitter, uh, we had a terrible plan and we executed it poorly. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought Michigan might win, but oh, that was quite a uh, quite a yeah, bit. You, you just can't give up four 75-plus yard touchdowns and expect to win. No. Well, it's fitting as we turn to the Sunday schedule. 
another team that knows a little something about uh, acquitting on the field, and that would be the Denver Broncos, who uh, rolled down to Carolina, uh, were Vegas betting favorites probably for the last time this season, <laughs> and <laughs> lost at 23-10. to 10. Dennis, I know the Texans technically have a worse record, but is it possible the Broncos are the worst team in the NFL? You know what I like is is how you put this right at the top of the rundown so we could just get past it. You just got to rip the Band-Aid off sometimes. You just So you don't sit here in the show just waiting for it to come up, dreading talking about it. Just go for it. Get it out of the way. You know, friend, it's not looking good. They look bad. And they've got a good defense by and large. But the offense is so bad. I think I saw a stat today that they're averaging 1.3 touchdowns per game, which is the lowest since somebody averaged 1.1 touchdowns per game. I think it's the lowest points per game total from what I saw since the 2001 Cleveland Browns. Yeah, could be. It's, uh, you know, at least they're not going winless like my beloved Lions and Browns have. Uh, in the recent past, but I think it's all Sierra's fault. I, I tell you that week three, 11 to 10 Sunday night football victory over the 49ers looks more like a unicorn outlier as right. time goes by. On the flip side, you know, we've seen PJ Walker, we've seen uh, Baker Mayfield, which I did appreciate the stat that they said Jacoby Brissett could throw his next 200 passes into Lake Erie and still have a higher QB rating than Baker Mayfield this season. Uh, but we finally got to see Sam Darnold make his 2022 debut on Sunday, and he didn't look half bad. 11 for 1,964 yards and a touchdown passing. Also had a rushing touchdown. Should it be Darnold's team the rest of the season, keeping in mind that Carolina suddenly is back in the playoff hunt? I, you know, I don't know if it should be the rest of the season. I think you play Darnold until he shits the bed. You know, Wilkes said he's going to be the quarterback coming out of the bye. Uh, but I don't think we need to get ahead of ourselves. He only threw 19 passes for 164 yards. I mean, the rushing touchdown kind of makes it uh, like a Marcus Mariota light kind of performance. I mean, he's a sub 60% completion rate for his career with a 55 to 52 touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, he did, he did accomplish fantasy mission number one, get the ball to DJ Moore. So, you know, he has good chemistry with Moore. I think if he can do that, it opens up the running game for Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. You know, they've got a couple other ancillary, ancillary receivers that can help out a little bit, but it's DJ Moore. Get the ball to him. The defense isn't very good. They're probably not going to win a lot of games, but they just got to play hard and show heart. And I think it might give Steve Wilkes an actual shot at getting the job. Yeah, I guess we will see. I, I do agree that Sam Darnold uh, should be the one that gets at least another crack after how he looked. Uh, on to Cleveland, where the Browns got the 23-17 to overtime victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of a little bit of a surprise in Jacoby Brissett's probably last hurrah as a starter. And I want to start with the Buccaneers. It's been an odd season for the Buccaneers. 
none more so than for Mike Evans, who's been kind of Mr. Reliable getting getting a thousand yards. So far, only 51 receptions, 702 yards, and only three touchdowns. That's probably the most shocking part. He has had 27 touchdowns in the first two seasons uh, with Tom Brady. Only three so far this season. What's going on with Mike Evans? No, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Uh, you know, he had nine targets yesterday, 161 air yards, uh, according to Ian Harditz of PFF. So the opportunity is there. They just didn't convert yesterday, and that's sometimes the way it goes with a big downfield, low catch rate target. And that's what Mike Evans is. He He's a contested catch player, and, you know, at 161 air yards, if he converts four of nine, you know, it could have been 79 yards, 80 yards, and a touchdown instead of, you know, 29 yards or 31 yards, whatever it was, uh, in two catches. So I'm I'm not fretting over Mike Evans. I, I think you just kind of – you go into the Mike Evans experience expecting a couple games like this each year. So – it's, uh, you know, there'll be some squawking in practice probably, and next week they'll come out and Mike Evans will get the ball and all will be right with the world and everybody will move on. I think he's he's still on pace for – Yeah, um, they have six games he, left. He All he needs to do is average 50 yards a game, so yeah. he can still make it. Uh, I was happy to see Chris Godwin uh, – getting back on track that did a lot of my fantasy team some good yesterday uh on the flip side for the for the browns they're now sitting at four and seven watson uh, got cleared and by all accounts is going to start on sunday against the texans we've seen baltimore offense kind of waffling they've come back to the pack a little we've seen cincinnati be a little up and down do the browns still have a chance you know, they got a puncher's chance, I think, but I mean, let's not get sideways here. They're four and seven with six games left to go. They would, I, I think they would have to win out to make the playoffs. I, I feel like it's going to take Watson a couple games to get his feet under him. And unless he can play defense, uh, I, I don't think it, it looks good. I mean, they've given up a league leading. 25.6 fantasy points to running backs this year. They cannot stop the run. Uh, I think they're going to have a new defensive coordinator next year. Um, some people are calling for Stefanski's head. I think with the whole Watson situation being out 11 games, I don't think it, Stefanski has uh, anything to worry about. But I do think we're getting a new defensive coordinator in Cleveland next year. So. Uh, like I said, unless he plays defense, um, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Well, head down to Tennessee where we got a matchup that has a lot of playoff ramifications. That's the Cincinnati Bengals came in to battle the Tennessee Titans, got the 20-16 to 16 win. That moved Cincinnati back to 7-4 and four in a record tie with the Ravens and uh, knocked the Titans back a little bit. The Titans still plenty of uh, – space between them and their nearest competitor in the AFC South. But for, for the Bengals, it was touch and go this week about whether Jamar Chase was going to make his on-field return. Got ruled out a little bit later in the week, but we saw another fantastic game from T. Higgins. Seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Dennis, can T. Higgins keep producing at this level even when Chase comes back? So 
Referring back to my preseason rankings, I had Chase and Higgins as top 12 wide receivers. I mean, is anybody in Miami going, can Jalen Waddell still be a top 12 wide receiver with, with Tyreek Hill here? And uh, I, I think Joe Burrow is, is an effective a passer as Tua Tungavailoa. I think the numbers bear out that Higgins does well with Chase in the lineup. You know, Burrow doesn't do that. Not often does Burrow do the old Devontae Adams target hog thing. Burrow throws it to the open guy or in times of tight coverage all around, the openest guy. You know, he's not afraid to throw it into a tight window, whether it's to Burrow or, excuse me, whether it's to Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Hayden Hurst. Burrow's not afraid to tuck it in there in a tight window. And so I think Higgins will be just fine. On the flip side, you know, I mentioned Tennessee has plenty of good space left uh, to win their division. That doesn't seem to be in doubt. But this is another time this season, you know, their four losses, they lost to the Giants, who've turned out to be a decent team. But then they lost to the Bills. Pretty embarrassing kind of game there. They lost to the Chiefs, and here they lose to the Bengals. It seems like they have struggled when they've played more cream-of-the-crop teams. You know, their wins have come. Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Texans, Broncos, Packers. Can they be real AFC contenders the way they're built, or are they just kind of a team that can win its division and get to the playoffs? I feel like they're a team that can win its division and get to the playoffs. They're they're a team that – is they fight to keep it close in the fourth quarter and see if they can pull it out. Um, they got Derrick Henry, Traylon Burks is coming on, Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook-Akini um, are, are playing okay, and, and they've got a pretty good defense. So their whole goal is to try to keep it close enough that the last team with the ball wins and they can be the last team with the ball. They, they win ugly, and it's a grinded-out team very much in the image of Mike Vrabel. And honestly, they're ahead of where I thought they would be this year. They're because they're winning the games they should. And that's really all you can do when, when you're favored, you should win. And if they do that, they're going to end up winning their division and put, putting themselves in the playoff. But I don't think they go deep in the playoffs. They may be a one and out. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. They're probably going to end up, uh, you know, a third or fourth seed. I wouldn't be surprised with how good the wild card field potentially is uh, if they get knocked out in that round. On to Miami, where the Miami Dolphins cruise to a 30 to 15 win over the Houston Texans in a game that really wasn't that close. Uh, Texans Am I the only one there? who heard the welcome to Miami in their head when you said that? <laughs> We got uh, another team that made a quarterback change this week. We got the Kyle Allen experience, 26 of 39, 215 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Made up a little bit of his day uh, during what I would consider garbage time when he was competing against Skylar Thompson. But was Kyle Allen really an improvement over what we've seen with Davis Mills? Yeah, well, I mean, it, the Kyle Allen experience was something, wasn't it? Uh yeah. You know, overall, they just have a lack of weapons on offense and defense. They're in a rebuild. Kyle Allen, I don't think he's any different than 
Davis Mills was. Um, he may be a couple years older, and that's really the biggest difference between the two of them. Honestly, I th- it, it looks like an opportunity to see which guy is going to back up your rookie next year. So we, we've seen Davis Mills for a season and a half. Now let's take a look at Kyle Allen. Would we rather have him be our number two? Would we rather have Davis Mills be our number two? And that's really, I think, what these quarterbacks are playing for in Houston. <clears throat> but it wouldn't surprise me, too, if they jettisoned both of them and brought in more of a veteran presence to play uh, behind uh, either Stroud or Young, whichever one it is they decide to go get. Uh, on the flip side, you know, when Raheem Mostert got ruled out, there was a lot of people really pumping up Jeff Wilson. And it makes sense because the Texans have been horrendous at stopping the run. And yet Jeff Wilson and Miles Gaskin uh, combined for 19 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. That was kind of it on Sunday. Are you surprised they didn't run the ball better or more? I'm probably surprised they didn't run it more. Um I think it's a situation where with more volume, the numbers would have looked different. And, you know, as the game wears on, but, you know, maybe it's a situation where they they just, uh, you know, they were ahead the game. The passing game was working as the Miami game plan does. Moster is the explosive back in that offense. And with him being out, um, I, I think that left them maybe a little bit of, uh, grinding with with Gaskin and and Wilson you know Mostert breaks off a play here and there but he's not he's not going to run away from excuse me Wilson breaks off a play here and there um but he's not going to run away from people like Mostert does and they the Dolphins game is really built on they passed to set up the run and it just ended up that it wasn't a real High volume game, but yeah, I think if they'd have ran the ball more than 19 times with those guys, the numbers would have continued to improve as the game went on. Moving on to the New York Jets, uh, which got the 31 to 10 win over the Chicago Bears. They made their own quarterback change. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, looking at the Bears, we got word today Darnell Mooney is now out for the season. So that's going to put even more focus on Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, they traded for him. He's got four games in now. His two receptions for 51 yards on Sunday marks his best performance as a Bear. He had two for 13 in his first game, one for eight his second game, two for 11 his third game, and then two for 51. No touchdowns, and that's pretty much all we've seen from Claypool. So, Dennis, what do you make of Claypool with the Bears so far? What should the expectations be? Well, I, I think he the expectation will be that he should be the – the guy getting most of the volume over Equinemius St. Brown and Byron Pringle and Dante Pettis. But the team as a whole isn't a strong passing team to begin with. Claypool, the last three games, he's, you know, three games ago, 31% of the snaps, 42% of the snaps, 67% this last game. I think he also, you got to give him a, a, you know, he's getting used to the playbook, learning the playbook better. And as long as he can continue to improve in that aspect and get on the uh, same page with his quarterback, whomever it may be, uh, 
it's going to just help to propel him into next year. The draft capital they spent on him tells you they expect him to be around and they expect him to be uh, an integral part of the offense. Mooney was the top dog there. We've, we've got six games now to kind of watch and see can Claypool establish himself as the 1B? Um, can he play the 1A the rest of the season? Will it, how will it propel him into next year? Um, you know, because the rest of the guys there are a bunch of Jags, uh, long and short of it. And so he has an opportunity here now to establish himself. We'll see what happens with uh, Justin Fields and his shoulder. If, if they decide, well, Mooney's gone, we're going to shut Fields down for a while too. And then they get, you know, three more games in and it's like, oh, well, you know, we're, what, what are they? How many wins they got? Four, they got three wins. Three, you know, oh, four, no, three wins. Yeah. Three games from now, you know, they're, they're three and 13 or something like that, or no, three and 10, you know, they may just decide, you know, let's get our quarterback healthy in the off season look ahead there. So I think Claypool will be fine. He's got to continue to learn, get the reps in the offense. Um, and he's going to have a prime opportunity to do it now. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Claypool. I liked the trade for both the team and the player. Um, you know, I thought he got out of the shadow of a couple of other guys in Pittsburgh and has a chance. I actually think he has a chance to potentially be the wide receiver one there. Right. I didn't think it was necessarily going to be this year. I also think the Bears – have plenty of other problems that they need to right. hopefully solve by throwing money and draft capital at it this off season. On the flip side, you know, Zach Wilson got benched uh, midweek and replaced with Mike White. White comes in 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. Seem to remember that Garrett Wilson and more importantly, Elijah Moore is still exist. Dennis, what did you think of Mike White? And do you think he should hold the job? I, I think he should hold the job, but I think our expectations need to be uh, in line with uh, what we've seen from Mike White historically. And if you remember last year, he come out of the gate smoking in his first game. That's when he became a fan favorite. And then he proceeded to end up with the uh, one of the highest interception percentages of any quarterback in the NFL last year. So, you know, he's not a... Um, you know, there's a reason he was either drafted where he was or was an undrafted free agent. I don't remember which because it wasn't. I think he was undrafted. I think you're right about he, that. He, he, you know, there's a reason guys go undrafted. Uh, you, you don't see a lot of guys that, you know, ascend to the Tom Brady level from the back of the draft or the free agent pool. Does it happen? Oh, he sure. was a, you're right. He was a fifth round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, that's a little bit better, but still, um, a, a lot of fifth-round picks at the quarterback position don't pan out to, to be anything. And so I, I like White. He did what he should have, and it looked like he's good for fantasy. Um, but I just have I, – I, I have reservations about the long-term prospects. He feels like a career backup. He feels, you know – I don't want to say a Colt McCoy because I felt McCoy kind of got the shaft uh, at a starting opportunity. Maybe a Charlie Whitehurst or or one of these guys that just Chase Chase Daniel. One it kind of, of reminds guys. me of a Taylor Heineke though. Like, yeah. you know, like a 
you almost talk yourself into it. I, I'm with you. I feel like I'm almost going to talk myself into it after a couple of games, and then he's going to play like the Bills or the Dolphins or something and get obliterated. Yeah, be 11 for 36 with 119 yards and four interceptions. Yeah, I think it's more of an indictment of Wilson, Zach Wilson, than it is high praise for Mike White. I was listening to Sirius XM earlier today, and somebody on there was saying, they felt uh, one of the, the hosts uh, might have been Michael Fabiano, I think, said he expects that um, Wilson's gone from the team after this year. That yeah. that when Wilson couldn't execute the simplest um, things in the interview and then you pair it with how he's been playing, that the lack of leadership, that he just he had, he'd been losing the locker room and he completely lost it and that he can't make it up. And Robert Sala is in the situation that if he goes back to White, then he loses the locker room. And so uh, he's, he said he felt like Zach Wilson's getting traded this offseason. Um, through it all, if the playoffs started today, New York Jets would be in the playoffs. So it's it's been an amazing turn. But Joe Flacco starts, got him hanging on. Yeah, uh, going to Washington, the Commanders held on to a 19-13 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Commanders moved to 7-5. We'll get to them in a minute. Falcons are 5-7 and seven now. They have one of those week 13 buys. They're technically only a half game out of first place, but we've seen them fading down the last few weeks. Do you think they're done as a playoff contender? Yeah, I feel like they're done, but then when I kind of – took a look at where they were, you know, they've scored the 10th most points per game in the NFL. So now they, they give up more points. They give up the fourth most points. Uh, and so it's a situation where if they want to, to be successful, they have to lose the games they lose by, you know, more than seven points. And then that way that'll allow them to win the, win a bunch of close games. Uh, based on the points for points against averages they have, I, I, you know, I get that they're fighting, but they just don't have enough talent all around. Um, it was kind of a, a stick in the eye of fantasy managers to um, watch Kyle Pitts play all year, and then as soon as he goes on IR, the the you know tight ends start catching passes and touchdowns and whatnot. But I. I think the team just needs another year of building. They need to keep infusing some free agents, some draft capital with some talent, um, and, and most of all, a, a quarterback. But I'm also a proponent. You build from the inside out, add the, add the top-level quarterback. When you uh, have the team just about ready to go, that gives you that five-year window with that um, high-level quarterback that's not making a ton of money that cripples you in the salary cap. So, and I kind of, um, I, you know, I think we'd even think about the Falcons a little bit differently if they would have lost the game that they should have lost the first time they played the Carolina Panthers. Um, there was that weird uh, penalty against DJ Moore after he caught the right. touchdown that negated the kick. If they would have lost that game, you're looking at them being four and eight and the Panthers being five and seven. And that might be a more accurate reflection of the way the teams are playing right now. I also, I would like to get a look at Desmond Ritter. I mean, I think 
I, Atlanta could be a six, seven, or eight win team right now, the way they're playing, but that's not really going to get them anywhere. <clears throat> I almost think they'd be better off kind of acknowledging where they seem to be slipping and, and getting rid of a look, but we'll see if that happens. Uh, on the flip side, for the Commanders, we saw probably Brian Robinson's best game of the season. 18 rushes for 105 yards, caught two passes for 20 yards and a touchdown. Do you think he's getting stronger as he goes through this season? Well, uh, you know, he missed the first few games, and then when he did start playing, he eased into it. So theoretically, he's you know hasn't taken the beating of a lot of guys. Uh, at this point in the season. He looked pretty good yesterday. Um, but Atlanta gives up, let's see, wrong. So let's see, I was saying Atlanta gives up the 10th most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, and Washington runs the ball, uh, the eighth most in the NFL at 30 times per game. So it seemed like a stylistic match made in heaven for Brian Robinson. And then when you throw into it that uh, – touchdown pass that he caught. He looked, he looked good on that. So he's got the opportunity. Uh, I do think he's, he's, you know, he's not explosive like Gibson, but he's the grinder and um, Ron Rivera has decided that that's how he wants to run that offense. He's going to let Antonio Gibson be the change of pace. He's going to let Brian Robinson be the hammer and uh, whoever happens to be in there when they pass the ball, that's who's going to get the targets. Yeah, it is interesting to see Robinson getting some receptions now because we know McKissick is on IR. We'll move over to Jacksonville where the Jaguars surprisingly got the 28-27 win over the Baltimore Ravens. Dennis, the Ravens have not scored over 30 points since week three of the NFL season. We've seen them kind of struggle to find an identity in the backfield and in the receiving game outside of Mark Andrews. Should we be a little concerned or the Ravens kind of, you know, we talked about Tennessee being a team that might be good enough to get to the playoffs, but not really good enough to compete. Could the same be said of Baltimore? I think so. You know, they, they activated uh, JK Dobbins from the, uh, or not activated. They, they designated him for return. They got the three weeks to decide to add him to the roster. But I think they, for as good a drafter as Ozzie Newsom has been over the years, um, they completely mismanaged their wide receiver core. I understand getting rid of Hollywood Brown. He didn't want to be there. Um, they didn't want him to be a cancer. They were kind of going in another direction. But the, the Rashad Bateman injury seems to have really crippled their passing game. And to not be able to have found a consistent solution to that, uh, I, I think really is um, is an issue for that team. I, I would put them in the same league as the Titans where they're likely to, if they make, I, I honestly, I think if they make the playoffs, it's going to be as a wild card because I think Cincinnati wins the division. Um, but if they get in, I, I don't know uh, how deep they're going to go. I don't think they go very deep at all. Yeah, I almost feel like, as weird as it seems to say, Tennessee might have a better offense because at least they have some passing prospects with Woods and Burks, and they definitely know what they're doing with their running game. Yeah. I feel Baltimore almost is right back in that situation. If something happened to Lamar Jackson, I don't know what would happen to this team. 
Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Uh, On the flip side for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne got injured uh, and came out of the game. I haven't heard a long-term update. I don't know if you saw one today. They said uh, that actually he was cleared to go back into the game. They just played it conservative. Well, we saw Michael Hasty get some more work. who didn't do a lot on the ground. 12 carries, 28 yards, but did catch five passes for 67 and a touchdown. If Etienne isn't able to go, how do you feel about Michael Hasty? You know, I I don't think he's going to get the rushing volume that ETN did. And so I think it comes down to when will they be comfortable activating Daryl Henderson and what does Snoop Connor bring to the table? So without ETN, I think it ends up being kind of a three-headed monster with ETN leading the way in touches, or not ETN, uh, Hasty leading the way in touches. Um, but we've also seen Daryl Henderson is good for about three games a season at, you know, 20 to 22 touches. Now he's going to need a week or two off after that. That's just how he's built. Um, but I would expect hasty to be the guy and, you know, they've got a decent passing game. Lawrence played the best game of his career. I think, um, Zay Jones has been delivering Marvin Jones. Christian Kirk uh, throughout the season has delivered the goods, uh, you know, but he's had a couple up and down games lately. So they do have a pretty good offense, even without uh, Travis Etienne. Um, but I feel like Etienne's going to be in next week. He's going to be fine. It wasn't the foot that had the Liz Frank injury last year that he injured th- last this week. So I, I would expect with all the news we've heard so far, being that it wasn't a big deal. He was, you know, they were just being cautious and he was cleared. He could have came back into the game if they felt they needed him. You know, you got to roll with that because that's what the coaches say. Now he could watch him not play for three weeks. That's kind of interesting because that was a very competitive game. Speaking of competitive games, we got some actually fun games in the afternoon window, one of those being the Los Angeles Chargers and the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers win 25-24 after going for two after scoring the potential tying touchdown. They got that two-point conversion, got the one-point win, and moved to 6-5 and five on the season. The Cardinals, meanwhile, dropping to 5-7. and seven. Uh, For the Chargers, uh, you know, Mike Williams held out. 
Uh, we don't know, you know, how we've seen it can take a little while to come back from those high ankle sprains. Just ask Keenan Allen's fan base. Uh, we've seen Josh Palmer do pretty well, but yesterday we saw DeAndre Carter pick it up seven for 73 in a touchdown. How are you feeling about Carter? You know, the Chargers have one of the deepest wide receiver groups in the NFL. Well, I think since he probably has the best top three, I think the Chargers might have the best top four. Um, DeAndre Carter is their wide receiver four. When called upon this season, he has been delivering time after time after time. Um, I, I think that right now you have to be careful because Everett is also a guy that gets a decent amount of targets. So with three wide receivers, Everett and Austin Eckler had 15 targets yesterday. So I, I don't know. Caught him some 11 passes. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, I, I have an 11, uh, 12 and 0 team that has Josh Jacobs on it. Oh, lovely. It is, I crush my opponent. He he needs 165 points from someone in tonight, Michael Pittman tonight to, to beat me. Um, it doesn't but, feel likely. No, but they only ran the ball nine times, not counting Herbert scrambles. And, and I don't know. I feel like they need to be a little bit more balanced than that. Uh, it, it just seems like, you know, they got behind 10 to nothing. Then they they came back and, and took a lead. But, man, just just to abandon – if we if we know they're going to abandon the, the run game like that, then, man, I'm all in on all of their passing game targets because, heck, even uh, – so Everett was four for 18, not great, um, but Keenan had five for 49 and a touchdown. Everett also Palmer, caught the two-point conversion, yep, I think, so for fantasy, it gooses you up. And Palmer was five for 56, uh, along with Eckler and Carter. So I'm good with Carter in the flex spot. I, I think that him and, him and Palmer, um, I, I'm probably more comfortable with them as flexes. And Keenan as a higher end flex, maybe a low end too. But I, yeah, I think you can roll all three of them out there. And I think, honestly, I think uh, Mike Williams is going to be out at least three more weeks. I mean, they probably shouldn't have tried to play him last they week. They should not have tried to play him. Yet. On the flip side, for the first time all season, and um, actually for the Cardinals, we got to see Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins on the field together. Brown caught six for 46, Hopkins four for 87, and a touchdown. What did you think of the pair of them there in Arizona? I think it's about what we expected um, from them. I feel like I, I would have expected probably the bigger yardage uh, from Hollywood Brown, the, the bigger YPA. I mean, I, Hopkins had a, a, what, over about a, almost a 22 yards per catch average um, versus Brown, who, let's see, about eight yards per catch. So it, it, to me, I would have felt like that would be a little bit more reversed. Uh, but also, I know DeAndre Hopkins is a stud, and I think Marquise Brown will be fine. Uh, he's going to have to, I think, get back into shape a little bit, but they didn't hesitate to use him. And with James Conner pumping in 25 carries for 120 yards, it really helped to balance out the uh, Kyler Murray maybe uh, making some poor decisions. 
Yeah, Connor's running better and catching passes. Who would have thought now that uh, Arizona has pretty much out worked themselves out of the playoff race? Uh, we'll move on to Seattle, where the Seahawks lost a stunner 40-34 to to the Las Vegas Raiders. Dennis, on a day where Zamir White averaged 14 yards per carry and Amir Abdullah caught three passes for 39 yards and a touchdown, how could we ignore the simple contribution of one Josh Jacobs who just got 33 carries for 229 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner, and also caught six passes for 74 yards? What did you think of his big day? Man, like I just mentioned, I have him on my my lone undefeated team, and it was phenomenal. So, yeah, he was questionable with a calf um, pregame, and so there were a lot of scrambles to pick up Zamir White in redraft just in case to hedge your bets. I mean, he looked good in the two carries he got. Right. I, I But, man, Jacobs is playing his ass off this year. He is pissed off that they didn't give him the fifth-year option. And he's like saying, look, of all the players that Mike Mayock and John Gruden drafted, I'm the one that you should have given the option to. And here's why. And he's putting it out there. Now, my big concern is that going into next year, you know, he's going to – there's going to be some negative regressions. To his game. Now, I will say I did make a trade for him today, um, which I, I thought it was a fair market trade. Uh, I've got a team that is in the playoff hunt, currently in fifth place. I'm looking looking good to make the playoffs, and uh, I get Jamar Chase back on that team this week. But I'm at, honestly, I'm one of the lowest scorers of the playoff teams, and I felt like for the next six games. I, I think I can use uh, Josh Jacobs. My running backs are um, Damian Pierce, Jeff Wilson, and Kareem Hunt. Damian I, Pierce, the Texans have just yeah, him. You know, and I traded for him. I traded a first-round pick for him earlier this year. But I, I traded my 24 first and a second, my uh, a mid-23 second for Josh Jacobs. And I think that's fair value. Um okay. And I think he's gonna he's gonna get a chance to be a starter somewhere next year. I just worry. I was gonna ask you, do you think it's the do you think the Raiders will have to eat it and try to re-sign him? You know, you had Josh McDaniel as as your head coach. What do you think he's gonna do? Honestly, I I don't think he's gonna re-sign him. If the Raiders are really cash poor, as all the reports seem to indicate, I think they're probably going to, they won't be able to match what they're going to do. But I do think they erred in that they could have had him locked up for another year for a fifth year rookie. It's, it's a chunk of change, but it's not an unsurmountable chunk of change. I think they, that is going to, they're probably looking back on that as being one of the biggest blunders of this new administration. I would agree. I mean, I think he's going to be fine the rest of this year. Um, he's got – my biggest concern is um, his easiest game is next week against the Chargers. They are, I think, bottom eight in uh, giving up points to running backs. Um, but three of the five games he has left 
for the regular season and fantasy playoffs. Three of the teams are top eight in fewest points given up to running backs, with two of those games being against the teams that are currently ranked one and two. So it's not going to be easy, but he doesn't have competition there. Unless he gets injured, he's going to get the ball. He's going to be the running back in that offense, and he's shown he can catch the ball well. That was something that everybody was like, John Gruden, what what the hell are you doing? Throw the ball to Josh Jacobs. He can catch the ball. Um, McDaniel's like, okay, you can catch the ball. Here you go. So uh, I think it'll be fine. Uh, we'll see. On the other side for Seattle, they slumped to six and five. They started really strong, but we've seen them kind of fading a little bit of late. If the playoffs started today, they actually would not be in the field due to um, the commanders having played one more game and having that kind of half game up on them. How do you feel about the Seahawks' playoff chances? I I think they're, they're fringe playoff. They got to win some games. It feels to me like the team they're battling is the Giants. Um, and – in, in part because I, I'm just not sure Washington is really that good. It's just more that they've played the extra game. Um, but the Giants are the one that, you know, they're coming back down to earth now that they're playing a little bit more challenging part of their schedule. And so to me, I feel like that last playoff spot is kind of going to go to uh, one of these two teams in the NFC. Yeah. I, a couple of weeks ago, I thought they were for sure make the playoffs, but now I think there is a reasonable possibility that all of the teams from the NFC East make the playoffs. The commanders have looked a lot better than I thought they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, but the Giants, you, you have a fair point. They have two against the Eagles, one against the – one more, I think, against the Cowboys, and they haven't looked great against good teams. Uh, speaking about not looking great, not just against good teams, but against any team, uh, welcome to Rams 2022 season. They go to Kansas City and lose 26-10 to 10 in a game that actually was less of a blowout than I expected. Matthew Stafford still in the concussion protocol, no lock to play this week. We saw Bryce Perkins get the start. 13 of 2300 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, carried the ball nine times for 44 yards. No Cooper Cup, no Allen Robinson. I don't know if he was his best lineup of weapons to throw to, but what did you think about Bryce Perkins? So Bryce Perkins is a 25-year-old one-read mobile quarterback. Um, <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> so uh, un- unless they literally build an offense where it's read or run, you know, I I think it's he's he's going to be a backup. Um, you know, he, he plays hard. He's got good size, 6'3", 215, and, and a decent arm. Uh, I just don't know that he has the experience. I mean, he was in college for five years, and uh, the systems he played in there aren't known for beating, preparing quarterbacks to play the pro game. He's got some tools. I, I think he might develop into a reasonable backup quarterback, um, but there's a reason he was behind John Wolford. And I, I think, you know, looking at how this game turned out, you know, 13 for 23, they kind of tried to hide him, only 100 yards passing. Now, they didn't do a great job hiding him, only rushing the ball 19 times with their running backs, but 
they they mostly didn't have a lot of offensive plays. So or a lot of offensive players. Right. Can he can he improve? Yeah, he can improve, but I, I don't know that he's got a very high ceiling. That Christmas Day game between the Rams and the Broncos is really going to be something. Uh, I hope you are by your TV at 2.30 p.m. on Christmas Day. Yeah, maybe that will get flexed to, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, after uh, a lot of talk this week that uh, Ronald Jones not only got activated but was going to be the starter, he rolled out there for four carries for 12 yards and one catch for 22 yards, and the Chiefs today promptly signed Melvin Gordon. So how are we feeling about Ronald Jones and his debut? Uh, you caught a pass. <laughs> <laughs> even a blind squirrel, Dennis. Even yeah, a even squirrel. a blind squirrel. That's what my grandpa says. So, I, you know – this is the first game Jones was active all season. Um, and he was only active because Edwards Alaire was out. Uh, and seems like uh, let's see, they didn't run the ball at all with McKinnon. They basically grounded out with Isaiah Pacheco and let Mahomes throw the ball 42 times. And by let Mahomes, I say let the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, top two, uh, do what he does, which is play quarterback. So, you know, the clock's ticking on Jones. He's going to be practice squad roster fodder for the next couple of years before he bounces completely out of the league. Maybe he lands in the XFL next year, the USFL, where he can get some actual playing time. Um, but I just don't, I don't see it there. Someday we're going to stop getting automatically excited when a player signs with the Chiefs. Uh in the last game of the afternoon window, the San Francisco 49ers hosted the New Orleans Saints and uh, shut them out 13 to nothing. Dennis, how are you feeling about Alvin Kamara down the stretch? Obviously has a late bye this week. We've seen him kind of struggling to get production of late despite getting touches. Seven carries for 13 yards on Sunday, granted a tough defense. Six catches for 37 yards. Is he still an RB1? Um, he's potential. He has the potential to be an RB one. I think he still has the skill set to be an RB one. Um, but all in all, he's you know he's not a he's not a twenty carry guy. They've used him in that role the last couple years, and it really hampered his pass catching ability, which is where he makes his money. Um, he, he's a change of pace runner that is an outstanding pass catcher. And so the last couple of years, as the offense has struggled, he has been miscast into a role that he doesn't really excel that much in. I think as much as I've enjoyed the Andy Dalton ride, I think we're coming to the end of it. Now, granted, the 49ers have a stout, stout defense, and a lot of teams – um, have some have opportunities while playing the 49ers. So to be surprised that they were shut out, yeah, I think I would have thought they'd score. To be surprised that they were were beaten by the 49ers, not really. I I am a little bit with you. Like they're four and eight, they're not out of it, but they're teetering on the edge. I I think you do let Jameis Winston get another shot. He brought up it, to me a fair criticism of it's 
it's very rare and has only happened a few times where a guy loses their starting job because they get injured. Um, you know, he hasn't had the greatest tenure in New Orleans, but he probably deserves a shot to see. I, I thought they were doing well with Andy for a few weeks, but we're kind of back to not a lot going on. Yeah. On the other side, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, we know he has all the upside in the world. The question has been a little bit with all the mounds to feed in San Francisco volume. 11 carries 32 yards yesterday, caught four for 17. No touchdowns. That hurts. Elijah Mitchell out eight to 10 weeks, which, uh, unless I'm bad at math, probably means the entire season. Right. Um, what do you think of McCaffrey's upside going down the stretch? Well, he's, you know, there's a lot of upside with him because he's just so talented. Uh, I'm probably more concerned with them coming out and saying he's having some knee soreness, um, which could be problematic. You know, we may be in for um, some Jordan Mason um, shares uh, on the rise. If you're uh, if you're playing Jock Market or Mojo or one of those things, it may be time to maybe see if you can buy cheap on Jordan Mason and, and uh, turn it for a profit here. But man, Christian McCaffrey is is one of the best running backs in the game, and he can run the ball inside. Outstanding pass catcher. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan is probably going to try to limit the hits he has to handle. Um, and so, for me, all the explosion and all the upside is there, uh, but there is going to be some concern that they. Uh, you know, they, they cap his productivity. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, the, there's not without risk, but very few players offer you the kind of upside he does. We've we've seen it once already with the 49ers when he had a receiving touchdown, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown in the same game. I think you have to – all four of those 49ers assets right now, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo, I feel like you got to play them and you're not always going to get incredible results. The Sunday night game ended up being uh, more competitive and a lot more high scoring than I was expecting as the Eagles held on for the 40-33 to win over the Green Bay Packers. Dennis, the Packers have now fallen to 4-8 uh, and eight on the season. Aaron Rodgers left this game uh, in late in the game with a, an injury. Thought he might have punctured along there, checking to see if he broke some ribs. We got to look at Jordan Love. He came in and was not bad. Six of nine, 113 yards, touchdown. Seemed to have a pretty good command of the offense. The Packers seem to have kind of put themselves in a position where it's going to be nearly impossible to make the playoffs. Is it time to get a look at Jordan Love? I, you know, Roger said that. He's playing as long as they're not mathematically eliminated. Um, but man, Jordan Love looked good. He looked when, when you think back to last season and how fish out of water he looked. Man, he looked bad. Uh, there may be something to this whole let a guy sit for a year or two and actually learn how to play quarterback in the NFL if he has the tools. Uh, I, I like what Love did yesterday. He was mobile. He made nice throws. Christian Watson is delivering the goods. And I think that somebody was drawing a parallel about something when 
I think I don't know. I don't remember if it was when Brett Favre took over or when Aaron Rodgers took over, but it was because of an injury to the veteran. And, I, I you know, think that is how Rodgers took over from Favre. Right. And so, you know, they were drawing a, a, a parallel there. You know, the downside of it is that unless Rodgers just decides, hey, I'm done, I'm good, they're on the money, on the hook for a whole lot of money, and it, it's going to make him hard to deal, and they're going to have to eat a ton of dead cap if, if they just move on. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting a look at Love with them being where they are, but they've got they've got several veterans. I think Bakhtari is coming to the end. I think Aaron Jones is going to be moving on here. He, you know, I know he signed a short extension, but they've got a lot of guys. I think that uh, they're trying, they're trying to do a, um, you know, not tear it down kind of rebuild. And with Rogers salary, his contract, I think that's going to be a bit prohibitive for them to kind of do that. I think they're going to have to have a, a real down year before they bounce back. It might almost be the best thing for them if Rodgers has some broken ribs and needs to sit from for a minute because it'd be nice to get. You know, this is another team kind of like when I was talking about Atlanta. It'd be nice for them to get a look to see, yeah, what their option is because that's I know the big fear. You don't want to go into anything blind. Uh, just ask Broncos fans. <laughs> on the flip side, for the Eagles, you know, two weeks ago they they lost to the Commanders on Monday night. Last week they had to go to the very edge to come back against the Colts. They got pushed pretty hard by a four and eight Packers team. Did last night's win make you feel better or worse about the ten win Eagles? I mean, are are we sensing a primetime jinx on the Eagles? No. Well, no, that, that Colts game wasn't prime time. No, the uh, no, I, I think where we're at right now. So we're what 10, 12 games into the season. There's a lot of tape on the Eagles this year now, where they've improved over last year. How other teams are approaching what the Eagles do, and teams are starting to build better plans against the Eagles. So the games are being a little more competitive and. You're not, by and, by and large, you're not going to go undefeated in the NFL. It very, very rarely happens. Uh, so losing a game or two or three is not necessarily that big a deal. Um, I think the Eagles are a really, really good team. Miles Sanders had a phenomenal game yesterday. Uh, the rest of the, let's see, the passing game, Devontae Smith looked pretty good. A.J. Brown with a touchdown, Quez Watkins with a touchdown. But, hell, I mean, Jalen Hurts only threw for 153 yards. He didn't need to. They ran for over 300 yards. So, you know, their their defense didn't play as good as I would have expected, but they're also playing against Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the all-time greats and a Hall of Fame quarterback and is going to make some things happen. The running game, I, I think the the it felt like the Eagles got a little wrapped up in saying we got to stop uh, Aaron Rodgers, and that allowed uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon to kind of do some work too. Yeah, you know, good teams go through all kinds of things, and I, I still like the Packers roster and talent, and so. 
I don't make a ton of that. I'll be curious. So this is their closing um, stretch. They're home against the Titans, which right now looks like a division winner playoff team. You know, see how they play. They're at the Giants, which is right now the Giants are in the playoff mix. They're at a Bears team that's that's been putting some offense together. You know, is Fields going to play? Will they look? But the Bears have a pretty spotty defense, so you would expect the Eagles would be able to shred them. Then the third road game in a row is Christmas Eve at the Cowboys. I think that's going to be a pretty stout test. And then they finish up at home against the Saints, which we talked about, a team that's still battling, and the Giants. They're going to get some good tests, and ultimately it comes down to winning. I You know, I know – there's been some talk, you know, are they the Pittsburgh Steelers from a couple of years ago where, you know, the Steelers were like 12 and 0 and then kind of faded a little bit down the stretch and got blown out in the playoffs. I think the Cardinal or I think the Eagles are better than that. And I think they're also a team that doesn't have a ton of players there together that has a track record of winning together. And, I, you know, sometimes you need to go through some of these growing pains. It's probably better they're going through the growing pains during winnable games in the regular season than during the playoffs. I still think they're going to end up making a pretty deep playoff run myself. Yeah, I think they hold on to the one seed. Well, that'll do it for us uh, today. As I mentioned, there is one more game tonight, and that is the Steelers at the Colts. I picked the Colts on uh, when I guess we did our previews on Wednesday, and I believe you did as well, Dennis. I think so. I, I'm i not heavily invested in this game. Um, if you're searching for a Monday Night Miracle, um, I wish you the best. Yeah. I hope Jonathan Taylor is the one that you're, you're pinning your hopes to. <laughs> But it's Taylor, Pittman, maybe some George Pickens. Yeah, I I don't know what to expect from this game. But uh, Matt and I should be back on Wednesday talking about this game and then the Thursday night game, which if I recall was a decent matchup, but I don't remember what it is. Uh, week 13, we do return to bye weeks, and I believe we have six teams on a bye, including the Packers and most of the uh, NFC South. Did you look up nope. Thursday? Patriots Thursday night. That is a very good game. So Cardinals Panthers on a bye. Those are the only two teams on a bye. Yep. So are the Falcons and aren't? I felt like there was the Falcons play the Steelers. Oof. Do we have Week 14 buys this year? Uh, yes, we do. Oh my gosh! We I do. thought this. Yeah. I thought this was the last week for buys. Now I'm even sadder. Packers, Saints, Bears, Colts, and Commanders in Week 14. Oy. All right. Well, something to look forward to. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't need that last week victory to to get you in. Thank you, NFL. Uh, well, Dennis. Uh, the people might have a few extra moments during the quiet moments of tonight's game. What do you think they should do? They should go rate us. They should review us. That stuff helps us to be relevant. Hey, do you know we rank pretty well in England, uh, Great Britain, England. I forget which it is. I look unchartable. Uh, but rate, review, hell, leave us a comment. We'd love to talk to you. Let us know what's going on. Listen to the show. Um, tell tell us where we're wrong. Celebrate us when we're right because – we don't usually remember that because we're focused on beating ourselves up about being wrong. But those rates and reviews really help. Wait, you're saying we're right on occasion? Occasionally. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready.
Got your punk on ready. I came out the womb, I was ready.